Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection, and The Living Spirit, which shares stories of spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and ways to reconnect to your intuition and soul guidance system. Today I am most delighted to welcome Jeff Cox, an editor and author, to discuss Paul Bruton's book, Instructions for Spiritual Living. Hello, Jeff, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. Hi, Cheryl. It's great to be here with you. Thank you. Jeff, as listeners of the show, Healing from Within, have come to expect over the years, my guests and I share amazing intimate stories and insights into the metaphysical world of energy and eternal life forces which help us to know more about our human and also our soul or energetic influences so we can experience the best of both worlds as spiritual beings having a physical life there are infinite possibilities for self-discovery and investigation and for mastering our human emotions for an improved human personal and collective condition in today's episode of healing from within we will discover how jeff cox was guided while in college to the teachings of paul bruton and in the early seventies moved to an area around ithaca new york where he and other students studied with anthony damiani a close student of bruton's we will discuss bruton's widely esteemed integrated and that's a good word, integrated, spiritual teachings and meditation systems into a practical approach for contemporary life, which is very much needed in these changing and evolving times we're living in. Jeff, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, an event, that might have signaled to them or to others the interests or work or lifestyle they would pursue as an adult. So tell us something about yourself, and perhaps you might remember something about the philosopher and spiritualist Paul Brunton. Uh, sure, Cheryl, I'd be happy to. I, I, I think one of my first encounters with God, as it were, I, I was you know, raised in a Christian environment, and as a child, there was a period probably when I was eight or nine years old when I was already probably well immersed in Sunday school and you know some of the usual kinds of training that young people get. But there was a, a period of a, about a month when every night uh, when I went to bed, for some reason after, just after I would get in bed and turn out the lights and start to go to sleep, I would get a stomach ache, and it was rather you know severe by the standards of an eight-year-old. And I would pray because that was what seemed to me I needed to do. Of course, I had told my parents about it or whatever. They had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. But I would pray, and I, I prayed every day for, um, you know, some healing of this issue. And it this went on, like I mentioned, for about a month. And one then Sunday morning, it I happened to be uh, channel surfing. You know, back then we had three channels, right? ABC, NBC, CBS. <laughs> so yeah. it didn't take long to go through the list. But I came upon a church show, and it, it 
you know, where somebody's talking to a minister and just happened to hit it when this person was talking about the, you know, you only have to ask God once for what you need, you know, if it's a sincere request. And you don't have to, like, hound the person over and over if he's a person or she or whatever. Don't bother him more than is necessary. And so I thought, oh, you know, I've been praying every night for this stomachache to go away, and it hasn't. I'm just not going to pray anymore. Obviously, God must have heard my prayer. And that night, no stomachache. So I I felt like it was like an, an inner turn and an inner trust on my part. And a and a, a big signal well, that one can actually have relationship to one's to the, to the divine within. Well, Jeff, you know that story reminds me because I was very similar. I I had those stomach aches too, but I didn't oh. come from a family that that encouraged me to speak to God, even though I loved God. And even though I knew there was something bigger, I didn't know how to proceed to do what you did. But I'm going to say, you had that and I had that because as many children, we are intimately connected to spirit, God, universal force, the angels, loved ones, whatever you call it. And uh, as sensitives, uh, as empaths, we're connected to each other's energy, and sensitive children like you and I were picking up a lot of what was going on and the fears of other people and experiences that, that uh, where energy is held in places and uh, where events have happened. And we were just in tune because we were messen- we were to grow into be messengers of this understanding of who we really are as spiritual beings and what we're really on this earth to do, which is to refine our energy and grow in greater compassion and understanding and awareness of of, of love and who we truly are. So uh, I, I've done many, many shows, and I have never heard anyone say that they had that as a child. And I suffered greatly for much longer than you because I didn't oh. know to say to God, please take the stomach ache away. I trusted my father who was a podiatrist and his friends who were doctors and (laughs) they really weren't too, they weren't able really to find a way to to help me because they didn't have these spiritual, uh, this spiritual awareness. So that's, that's a, I always have a lot of synchronicity with my guests and that's, I'm I'm glad you found it at that young age. And you're right. You only have to ask Spirit God once. In a sincere way. Yes. I I think what happened to me, though, was, you know, as I reached puberty and um, became, you know, enmeshed in, like, junior high and high school and all the pushes and pulls of social, uh, you know, uh, adjustments and so on, Mm -hmm. kind of... To some extent, although I remained interested in going to church, but I, you know, it became a little bit more complicated, you know, with the, as I mentioned, with all the problems growing up. But it, it came back to me, um, in college when I was traveling in Europe and I was spent a number of weeks on my own there and I ran into uh, a, a friend of a friend who lived in a, in a, a farmhouse in in Switzerland, and I was asking questions about this farmhouse because they told me it was haunted. 
And they mm. said to me, well, you ought to read this book, There is a River by Edgar Casey. This was back in the late 60s. And I don't know if you know Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet, but he talks about the importance of, well, first off, that, that one could actually have, you know, some kind of divine realization, God realization, whatever you want to call it, that that's possible. And then he says something about the importance of meditation and possibly yoga practices as a way of facilitating the transformation that one yes. needs to do. Yeah, it's finding so the I, energy, I, it's yeah. finding the chakras, the energy points of the body that connect to this universal energy. And I studied at Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment in New York City when I became oh. a Reiki master teacher. And yes, I very much know Edgar Casey and found him on my journey and I actually believe the work I do is very much in tune with what he did so yes, no thank doubt. you for yeah, mentioning I also went him to the, Virginia Beach was the, the main right. office where his son was active in the late 60s and early 70s and I, mm-hmm. I went there and thought well maybe I could work for this group and he invited me but it wasn't really where I wanted to end up as you already read in the bio um, we, we are guided I, to go where yeah. and to be with the people and to fulfill our destiny and it's all yeah. look any way any way to god or spirit or love the love of the universe is the right way and we should encourage our listeners to know uh that there are many approaches and they're all good we shouldn't judge any any way that a person decides uh, to uplift their soul, their heart, uh, their energy, and uh, to a higher vibration. So, yeah, okay. Yes. Now, let's go so on. I'd to- like, like to add on to that because I totally agree and would say that this is one of the main teachings that Paul Brunton has to offer. I mean, in this book, he talks about the need for teachers versus self-reliance. Mm-hmm. But the, the point of it is is that each of us are unique. Each of us have our own path, as you said, to our own development. And um, just like, you know, when we're born, we have this need to express ourselves, you know. We really do want to express ourselves in our life. And if we rely too much on others, our parents, our teachers, or whatever, and not on our own resources and on our own intuition, as you like to point out, then, you know, we are not really, we are still developing perhaps, but not immediately in touch with our own unique constitution. And, you know, the divine is not trying to create copies. No. You know, everybody, you know what I mean, each of us has something to offer to the, the world. And uh, as we come into our maturity, um, Paul Brunton talks a lot about the need for the independent path, where one relies on one's own intuition primarily for guidance but also it could come in other ways as well like through books or friends or teachers or nature or music or lots of different ways that one can be inspired and guided i mean life itself is the teacher in the end yes i think i think it comes from all of that it comes from all of that we're all being called to awaken all of us, every day, there are miracles happening. They may be small, but when you start to pay attention, you know it's the voice and love 
of a higher force. God really does exist. You see, when I was in college, I studied philosophy and literature and religion because I was looking to understand what I felt existed within me, but it had no name. And I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, astute enough yet to, to put it all together. But, but the point is, we learn it through our self-investigation, through our own experiences, and we do have a personal connection with spirit. It's not only through the structure of religions, it is through our own uh, wish to awaken to, to the calling that is coming to all of us. And I think that's why we've decided to have this physical life, simply to forget in childhood who we are, and then as time goes by and experiences show us, we remember again who we are. And uh, we're all socialized. We all have parents and teachers and guides, who, you know, people who, who want to put their impressions upon us, and they do. And then we feel either it's the right impression or wrong. And sometimes yes. it takes us a long time to realize that we have to let it go, release it, and go to that place of stillness where we connect again to our own, you call it the over-self, or our That's own right. soul-self, or uh, our own yes. source of eternal life, which is, you know, a consciousness uh, of being uh, one with everything in the universe and and where we come from, God's energy, and where we go back to upon leaving this physical life. But let's go on to learn a little bit about who was Paul Brunton and why do you regard him so highly? Yes, of course. Um, Paul Brunton has been widely regarded as an authority in Eastern spirituality. He was born in the last couple years of the 1800s and in the early 1900s he had a spiritual awakenings as a teenager he had experiences that he didn't he said he didn't understand at the time at the time but they were very deep and provoked or you know encouraged him to seek further and he grew up in london he was a british author and he grew up in london in bloomsbury which was very culturally active uh, you know, with a lot of uh, intermixing of people from different cultures, and and he was encouraged to look to the east. And in the around 1930, he traveled to India, and he explored all kinds of people, yogis and shamans, and people can do magic or you know yogic feats, feats like you know, be buried. You know, for many hours and not able to breathe and then come back to life or stop their heartbeat or all those kinds of things. But in the end, it was the deeply spiritual teachers that he met and wrote about in his book, A Search in Secret India, that uh, brought uh, Paul Brunton to the forefront of um, you know, Western interest in Eastern spirituality. He was like, uh, you know, like... Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, whenever there's like a science question on PBS, they bring in Bill Nye and they say, you know, like, what about global warming? And he says, well, it's getting hotter. <laughs> so TV was like that in a way. Yeah. He was the person that was brought in to talk about meditation and, and, um, and other kinds of yogas and spiritual techniques and so on. 
and uh, he traveled constantly during the 30s and 40s and 50s. He he wrote a dozen books that were like a graded series of spiritual uh, topics, so that you know you could start with his early books and and work through to the end. Um, he. You know, at the time that he was traveling in India, it was like, what could you, you couldn't look up things on the internet. There was no, no internet. There was no, like, Yelp reviews of, like, hotels or places to stay or who you could trust or where to go. There was none of that. It was more like an Indiana Jones kind of exploration of spirituality mm-hmm. that he was engaged in. And he met um, people from all walks of life and um, in India and found some, you know, revered teachers, as I mentioned, both ones that were highly realized as well as others that were scholars. And these, especially these scholars, encouraged Paul Brunton to please write and our, our truths for the West in a Western way, which is really what Paul Brunton did. His, his books are written for Westerners, for the Western lifestyle, and I think his success as an author, uh, shown by you know the number of books that has he sold, was over two million books. He he stopped writing in the 1960s. I mean, he stopped publishing his writing in the 1960s, but he continued writing until he died in 1981. And the uh, Paul Brunton Philosophic Foundation, which is what I'm part of, ended up inheriting all of his unpublished writings. And this book, Instructions for Spiritual Living, is a collection of essays that were previously unpublished that have been assembled mostly by me in this format uh, as a, you know, as a, the major topics one needs to know in order to pursue the path. Um, because Paul Brunton sort of dropped out of public um, forums in the 1960s, and this was, you know, just as the, another wave was coming from India, he, um, he sort of fell out of the public view for a time. But the the foundation published the notebooks of Paul Brunton in the 1980s, which revived a lot of interest in him, and many authors and spiritual teachers have endorsed the writings and teachings of Paul Brunton as a result of reading these notebooks. And you can read these notebooks yourself. They're available free online. You can also buy them or get e-books or whatever. But the, the paulbrunton.org website has um, the, the notebooks there available that cover 28 different categories of spiritual subjects. It's really the A to Z of, of spiritual pursuit, I would say. You know, I like that he mentioned that uh, we should not regard the mystic as a highly specialized type of human beings because we all have the ability to have these mystical experiences. And he, he or she, he said, he or she is like ourselves but has had the vision and patience to follow up an act of faith with a long-drawn series of active experiences to test the truth of that faith. And that's what happened yeah. with me. I, I had mystical experiences. And like him, there was, I didn't know what book to go to. I didn't know what teacher to go to. I started uh, studying the afterlife with psychics and intuitives and mediums that led yeah. me forward. But I've been doing that for 25 years, mingling as a medium now. I, I um, have... Uh, worked on that skill and with uh, that highest state of being while in meditation 
And even sometimes with my eyes open, I drift into that higher zone of peace and yeah. love and universal source. And in The Living Spirit, I wrote my book, The Living Spirit, I wrote this for people listeners to know. It is for everyone to find this truth. It is not just... Yeah. Uh, we have ordinary experience and we have mystical experience, but the one who follows up on the mystical experience finds their way to these truths. So in The yeah. Living Spirit I wrote... As I began to step outside my comfort zone, I realized that there were thousands of people just like me who had been thrust into a new state of awareness of life beyond the physical plane. Once that happened, it was impossible to go back to that three-dimensional way of thinking. Suddenly, the yeah. concerns of everyday living, like paying the rent, managing our families and careers, was no longer enough. We were seeking something greater. We were seeking the truth of why we are all here and our connection to what is beyond us. Now, I'm sure that this happens to so many people, and they question it for a moment, but they don't have um, the consistency or resilience or fortitude to go down that path, because once you go down that path, you can't go back. <laughs> yes, well, you know, I think it's the it's the the virtue of a culture to have culture to have civilization even that the wisdom of people is preserved and available and hopefully taught. I mean, as our culture became more secular, right. um, it became less available in some ways. But I think you're exactly right. You know, there's two things that I was thinking of is that before I had this kind of waking up in Switzerland to the possibility of a spiritual life. I reached a point in my ordinary life where I was really asking myself, is this all there is? You know, I had kind of achieved some of the smaller and personal goals that I had wanted to achieve even in, when I was in college, you know, before I started any career. But I reached a place where it was like, uh, if this is all it's going to be, I'm just going to be kind of boring, and I don't really know what to do. <laughs> I, re like you re I reached that reach point when I was 42. You reached it a little earlier, I think. <laughs> well, it comes whenever it needs to come, I right. think, you know. But, you know, there's this term. You you started it in the beginning of this whole interview where you described about your vision of what a humanity or what a human being is, but the word mm. human being we often ignore the being part. Yes. Because the being part is our deep connection to the divine. And the human part is the individuality, and that's very important to develop. That's the way the divine can express. But what is it going to express? It's going to express the virtues and the truths and the peace and the, the, you know, the wisdom and compassion of our being. That's what's present to the human if we open to it, is this deep be being that you are pointing to it. Yes, and, and, it, and it is true when we merge and understand and utilize the best of both those forces, our mind, our ego, our emotions, and our soul, intuitive essence or energy that's connected uh, to the universe. When we use both of those together, we have the best run of this physical life and we achieve happiness and peace. And uh, what do you think was Paul Bruton's greatest joy in living life? Well, that's a big question. Yes. Well, 
I think he, you know, once he really uh, attained the fullness of what was humanly possible for him as a, you know, as a, as a, we could say, a sage or a realized being, I mean, it's like every moment. He says, I never lost after that time. I never lost the inner peace. He says, I... I, I, I like to be of help, I like to do my research, I love to write and to guide others that way. But it's but you, you know, just, it's like you just peace. answered it. He found peace. Peace enlightenment you know, was peace and love and contentment and happiness and being comfortable yeah. in his soul body and his physical body. He found peace and I think that's probably uh what we all look for as we move forward in our spiritual uh, journey. So I want to thank you, Jeff Cox, for sharing the wisdom of Paul Brunton's search for awareness and higher consciousness through the many wonderful insights of spirit and other souls on his own path of clarity to knowing who we are as spiritual beings, having a physical life, always learning to balance our physical personalities with our inner heart essence for the best way to travel knowingly through the world of experiences ordinary or mystical to purchase this book instructions for spiritual living go to paulbrunton.org in summarizing today's episode of healing from within we have explored the lifetime expression of inner soul wisdom as expressed by Paul Brunton, widely esteemed for creating, integrating the world's spiritual teachings and meditation systems into a practical approach to find soul wisdom in these modern day times. Paul Brunton provides instructions to guide one's development in three fundamental areas of the spiritual path, meditation, self-examination, and the unfolding of awakening. We have also found that only by exploring the process of self-examination and mastering our emotional landscape can we make real progress in understanding who we are and why we really chose this three-dimensional life. As PB, as he liked to be called, Paul Brunton, PB, wrote, We are not really walking alone. The very love that has awakened within us for the over-self is a reflection of the love that is being shown towards us. Thus, the very search upon which we have embarked, the studies we are making, and the meditations we are practicing are all inspired by the over-self from the beginning and sustained by it to the end. Even when we believe that we are doing these things for ourselves, it is really grace that is opening the heart and enlightening the mind from behind the scenes. Jeff and I would have you know that the journey Paul Brunton lived in this lifetime and the truths that he shared in his writings are what he still pursues and shares with others in eternal life and for all time. For once someone has dedicated himself to living according to laws of universal source, there is only 
that way to proceed. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders and authors explore the very fabric of human and divine energy for knowing ourselves and the world in a clearer and more appreciative manner. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you.